Welcome to this special series of the Bundaberg Now podcast, where we shine a spotlight on the history of our region. My name's Genevieve Lyons, and I'll be your host as we uncover hidden histories, mysterious stories, and some pretty bizarre facts about our most iconic buildings and structures around the region. There's nothing quite like the nostalgia of an old fire station. You can imagine the rush of activity when a call came in, the noise of the sirens and the bravery of those who choose to run towards the fire instead of away from it. The old Bundaberg station on the corner of Wungara and Tantitha streets was purpose-built in 1958 for the Queensland Fire and Emergency Services. As well as custom doors for fire truck access, the two-storey building has various offices, open storage areas, amenities, kitchen facilities, and had an upgrade in 1980. The property was impacted by flood water during the 2013 flood event, with the water rising to 30 centimetres in some areas. It sat vacant since the new Queensland Fire and Emergency Services facility opened in Thebeban in 2018. In 2021, the property was purchased by Bridges Health and Community Care, who have big ideas for converting it into a space that will once again serve the community. Bridges CEO Sharon Sarah sat down with Adele Bennett from Bundaberg Now to detail the exciting plans Bridges has for the building and their ideas to pay homage to the old fire station and the current and former emergency personnel. Well, Sharon, thank you for joining us on the Bundaberg Now podcast and thanks for the tour of the old fire station. It's a pretty incredible building. What's the plan here for Bridges to take over as a community space? So the plan is to turn um, the fire station to an arts, cultural and wellbeing precinct um, open to the public um, so that they can actually enjoy, uh, I suppose, you know, the experience of coming into what was a fire station and um, but you know coming to eat food or you know attend workshops or come along and look at um, art installations uh, our intention is to capture the history of the fire station and so that people can enjoy that as an experience as well as you would you know in any sort of I suppose large project you want to talk about the history and capture that you know like macadamias or something like that how do you grow them how do you do that we want to capture those sort of stories as well so so it's much more than just coming in for a you know for a coffee or a feed or to you know to come to a workshop there's some quirky features about it as well so yeah great so the building is pretty impressive on the inside and outside a lot of people might have seen it from the outside but could you give us a quick description for no one that's been in it as it now stands um, okay, well, yeah, you're right. It's um, it's on about two thousand square meters, and um, it's on a, a double block of land and close. You know, obviously, right in the CBD, we're across the road from Centrelink, uh, two streets back from the, the the river, and so you know, it's um, it's it's part of part of the CBD and part of the CBD history as well. I suppose the building comprises of what were the original bays where the fire trucks would have come in and. And, and left, obviously, to attend a fire or a function. And uh, it was the um, the Bundaberg Fire Station and then the Rural Fire Station was um, added on in later years, I think in the 80s. 
and um, upstairs of the real fire station was the residence and then upstairs from where all these bays are and the downstairs area which would have been the comms rooms and all those sorts of things um, where it would be the offices where the the, um, the personnel would have been stationed where they would have met and planned there's you know there's lots of whiteboards and um, you could see that there was lots of planning tools and then of course downstairs where the bays are they're obviously set up for people for the fireys to attend a fire in a hurry um, have all their gear down there so there's you know there's the original little cupboards where they would have stored their hats and their coats and their boots or whatever so we've still got the roller doors all here we've got roller doors at the back and roller doors at the front and um, and and Bridges intention is to keep as many of those features as we can um, and also keep um, I suppose how it looks on the outside um, so that you still can recognise it and go, oh, that must have been a fire station. So um, it should be obvious, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, one thing that I noticed and we spoke about on the tour is the lack of a fire pole. <laughs> <laughs> so people might be expecting to see one of those when they come through. Oh, look, absolutely. Everybody asks about it. I believe there was an original fire pole, um, but, of course, you know, it probably would have been removed for workplace health and safety reasons or just in terms of how the offices were structured and um but you know I, I i've not seen a photo but i do have it on good authority you know in a few former you know fire fire personnel um that there used to be so yeah we're really keen to grab that piece of history and you know and make i guess um um, because people are so curious about it, we are tempted to try and source an old fire pole <laughs> and, um, you know, turn it into a bit of a, you know, a bit of a um, piece of, you know, you know, what did that mean and what did they use it for and what was it made out of and those sorts of things. So, so far I can only source them in America and I'm not quite sure things are exactly the same, but, you know, who knows? It'll, yeah. it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be fun going shopping for a fire pole. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, so on that, you did mention that you've got a bit of a project going to capture the histories of people that might know more about the building. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so we applied for an arts grant, the Regional Arts Development Fund grant with the, with the council. Um, so that we and then we will um, appoint a, um, a project manager who will then um, uh, I guess find out who the people are that used to work here anyone that's interested in the history of the fire station as a building but particularly what sort of things and you know that um, I suppose the fireys did over the years the the memories that they've got of whether it was you know incidents or personnel um, their their life and their story around the history of the fire station, the Bundaberg fire station, what that meant for them and what was it like. So, um, and we've already started the process of you know identifying those people, and we've got um, Ross Peddleson who's going to come on board and as the um, the project manager that will capture those stories for us um, in audio form, and um, and then we'll you know we'll use that. I suppose down the track once the fire station's open um, to, you know, uh, I suppose tell the history and capture the history from their voices and their lived experience of what they did. So, yeah, it's a little project, but it's definitely the start of where we're heading with it. You know, we want to, I suppose when we think about renovating it, we want to think about, well, you know, what they thought of it and, you know, what it meant to them and, you know, there could be some original stuff that they we don't we think it's a piece of junk, and they'll go, no, 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 that was really important for us, and so that will really help inform us in how we actually retain some of that original um, feature and feel, and and yeah, 
Yeah, great. So you did also mention um, retaining some of the actual pieces, like the handrails and the stairs, and you know potentially a fire pole, and in, incorporating that as the art installations in what will be a community art space. So can you tell me what you imagine that looking like? Oh, no, I, I need someone with way more expertise than me. <laughs> and and I, this is why, you know, it, we wanted this arts cultural piece. And, and there are people that do that work all the time. And, you know, I've been working closely for a number of years with Shelley Pisani. In fact, she was working for me at one stage. And, and I do know some other people, you know, particularly people that were with Creative Regions, for example, that are still around and, and, and that's their thing. They, they're, they're much better at doing those sorts of things. And it's exciting. I suppose too, though, that part of my research is, um, to, you know, find out, resource those people, find out who they are and get those ideas and and talking to architects, I suppose, that are, um, have that experience in renovating old buildings and whatever. And I've already, um, you know, got a friend of a friend who's put me in touch and, and that do that sort of piece of work and have got those ideas. But we're not there yet. As I said, we're, I suppose we're building that foundation. We've got to... We've, we've put in for a grant with the federal government to renovate the facility. Um, we can't use it as, as it is. Um, it's been reclassified by the council, which is great. So we've got that piece of, piece of, you know, um, work that needed to be done to have it reclassified, um, as a community, um, facility with, um, you know, things like an eatery and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's the first stage of the process. And of course, all the renovations that we've put in, we've got plans. We've, um, so we're working with Thomas O'Malley, um, who's a well-known local architect who is also committed to maintaining the history of Thunderbird. He, he knows it really well. He, he lives, eats and breathes it. So it's great to have a local on board. And, um, yeah, so we've got those plans. And the plans mean that there has to be some renovations, particularly indoors, um, to make, you know make sure that we're compliant with, all sorts of legislation like disability access and so forth. So, um, but you know, the, the original building will remain. We need to join the two buildings together. So, we'll build a walkway on the outside. We'll have to put a lift in. So, but again, that's that was the intention was to try and maintain some, you know, the area that we're sitting in at the moment. Um, you know, we'll, we'll take out some of the walls. So, it, it's much more, you know, useful for what we need. So, well, yeah, it's like, well, do I need that wall? That that wall might be okay just there because then I can, you know, do that around there. And so it's been a lot of work and walking around and thinking, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> so, you know, we're the 60-year-old building. So, But Thomas has been fantastic and helping us with that. And Yeah. So how long has the building actually been vacant and why was it vacant to start with? Well, um, from, I guess, you know, the, the stories that I've read and been told is, that um, when the floods were in, oh, which one? We had two floods mm -hmm. and it was the second flood that we had here in Bundaberg um, and the really catastrophic one where the, you know, the riverbanks broke and the bottom area of the fire station, um, the, the water started to come into to that area. And, um, and so that, I guess, signalled for them to, you know, put in, a request to have the fire station moved. I mean, it's an essential service. Mm -hmm. It can't be impacted by, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, things like that. And so that's 
that's, you know, pretty soon when they got one built, they were able to move there. I think they moved to temp somewhere temporary for a while until they got their new one. So in terms of timeline, do you have a bit of an idea about the timeline for engaging, first of all, um, the artists and then renovations and then when can people hope to come and enjoy it? Um, well, the the um, capturing of the um, capturing the stories is underway, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm catching up with Ross tomorrow to to you know keep that moving forward. And um, but in terms of the renovations, we're waiting on the outcome of a grant from the government. Um, we're required to put in fifty percent of what it is will cost for the renovation. Um, obviously, we purchased the building as well, so it's been a significant. Um, you know, outlay for our organisation, but mm-hmm. um, we need that additional support from the government to renovate it um, because it, it will cost a lot to renovate yeah. it to bring it up to what we um, need it to be as a usable space in the community. And um, and so we're waiting on the outcome from that, but we estimate once we get the project underway, it will take two years. Okay. So we're, we're, if we could do 18 months, we would, but... We, were, we put in a conservative estimate, you know, because of all the issues around mm-hmm. trying to get supplies, yeah. um, workers, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So um, we would hope and, in fact, there was sort of conditions in the grant that, you know, we had needed to um, launch it by oh, 2020, October 2024. Okay. If we can do that, we would, but, you know, it's, I don't know, we're still in a pandemic. So who knows what's going to happen? And um, by then we'd want it to be open to the public. And like I said, the I suppose the main feature, you, you know, where these big double bays are, will be where people can come in and have mm-hmm. food. This this you sit you're sitting in the um, um, you're sitting in probably the bakery area, yeah. <laughs> close to the oven. Yeah. <laughs> so kitchen cafe. Um, large eatery but the eatery we also want um, spaces where people can come in and chat and spend time Mm -hmm. we also want our clients to come into this space Mm -hmm. they're more of a natural space to come in and meet us and you know I mean if people are distressed and whatnot there'll be there'll be um, interview rooms and counseling rooms and things like that for people to go off to but in some instances it's to pop in have a quick chat have a coffee you know oh i need you to sign the latest service agreement or you know whatever that's all or how you're going nothing you know not everything needs to be formal depends it depends on the service we provide and the relationship that we have with them so yeah we're hoping for that sort of really sort of more more natural space for people to come in and actually um seek help yeah and um and but also the the other spaces would be set up for all, all sorts of workshops including artists workshops We've got um, uh, DATSIP, the Department of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, people there interested in um, potentially spaces for emerging artists to be mm-hmm. able to store their artwork okay. and um, and be able to come in here. And you've got beautiful natural lighting mm-hmm. in these big um, sort of areas yeah. and so there's another bay down there. If there's so much potential to it. For me, I don't know where to start. Yeah. I just need to tidy it up. You know, we'll probably have a sprung floor in one area so that we – you know, if we wanted to do pile dancing, we could yeah. <laughs> and land safely. Um, but, you know, where there could be exercise, there could be whole mm-hmm. things. It, it is about, you know, and whether those spaces are leased to people, whether we set them up, that's part of a business plan that we're, we're still to sort of, you know, decide on and factor in. And 
it, sometimes it depends what money's around that you yeah, can sure. you can but there's a lot of money being invested in the arts and cultural sector at the moment yeah. and um and we think this is part of a precinct i mean you just go outside and look at the wall forget about the inside there's that massive big um brick wall out there that you can have murals. I've got a tower. Yeah. What am I going to do with a tower? You know? Yeah. You I can, thought about this. Where you can project images on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look at um, you look at, you know, celebrating Pride Day, for example. Yeah, and, and you can see, you, you know, if you get to climb to the top, everyone can see the top of the tower across yeah. the whole C B D. So we can do all sorts of a light up, you know, whether it's um you can you can paint one of the sides you can you know mm-hmm. you can have artists in residence that, that do a piece of work there's just yeah. the art stuff is endless and is yeah. that what 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 it was about the building when you first walked in and thought yes we need to buy this um one of the one of the reasons was that i suppose increasing rent for us um and we're right in the cbd we had three mm-hmm. three facilities we've just closed one facility um because we need to make some cost savings on overheads and rent so it was about having our own space to reduce that overhead over time yeah. um we think it's an ideal position for um a, a service a community service that um, responds to people who are the most disadvantaged, marginalised people in our community, people that are coming out of prison, people that are, you know, really um, uh, serious mental health problems and drug and alcohol issues. We don't intend to have our drug and alcohol services here. It will Mm -hmm. remain in our other building. We want this to be a community space. But if people come over the road, you know, and they go, I need some help, they sent me over here, we can respond really quickly and point them in the right direction. So it's about that access, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, to to um, to essential services, so so I suppose that was probably part of the vision, and then uh, we need to diversify our income. So for people that don't know a bit about the history of bridges, how long have you been helping people in Bundaberg? Um, so it's twenty five years this year. So um, I'll do another report on our twenty fifth anniversary <laughs> when I find time to write the write the history. So yeah, twenty five years, and we were the first ever community based mental health service. Um, in the region, and um, yeah, we um, we established the first psychosocial rehabilitation um, service for people with um, moderate to severe mental illness, and um, started out with four or five staff, and um, sitting around about sixty five, wow. something yeah. like that. So one of the things that will be part of this is our Mind Life Academy. Okay, um, we've we've had a three year project to to develop a whole bunch of resources, our Mind Life resources. And that's all. It's all about self leadership, self advocacy mm-hmm. for people to lead their own recovery in their own life, and and have a say in how services provide. Um, well, how people or organisations provide services. So the academy will be a place where a person with a mental health problem can come learn about themselves and how to, you know, um, how to manage their illness and speak up for themselves, and then for other people to learn how to work with people with mental health issues without. You know, I guess um, um, taking over their lives a little bit too much. So this sounds like the perfect space and place for people to do just that. So. A- absolutely, that's the that's the big vision yeah. for me. You know, but I, I you've got to really read that stuff to understand where we're heading. It is a bit of a um, a bit of a movement, I suppose, mm-hmm. because there's so much money poured into mental health now. And it's like, you know, keep doing things the same way and expect a different result. So yeah. we're going, 
no, we need to do stuff differently. So this is really about well-being, mm-hmm. mental well-being rather than mental illness. This is about everyone needs a bit of mental well-being and, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll make sure. And through the arts and being creative, and I'm not talking sitting down painting, I'm talking it could be plays, it could be mm-hmm. yeah. it could be expressing yourself, it could be just just the opportunity to do it. Yeah, and, sure. um, you know, things like um, even simple things, it, it, you just get out of your head for a while mm-hmm. and you get away from problems when you're trying to create something. There's lots and lots of evidence around that. So, And a big groundswell nationally around the benefits of arts and um, and and, and um, participating in cultural things that align with your culture, whether it's youth culture or whether it's Indigenous culture. Well, thanks so much for your time and for joining us on the podcast. Great to hear about the huge vision that you have for this amazing building. Yep, I hope we can achieve it and I hope we can get on with it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to that insight into Bridges Health and Community Care's plans for the old fire station. Join us again next month for another look into Bundaberg's historic buildings and structures.